Hello, my name is Gray. And my name is Crystal. And this is Bust Asian Beauties, a supernatural commentary podcast where I, someone who has seen this show several times, and I, someone who only knows the show through social media, discuss every single episode of Supernatural from start to finish. Also, we are both Asian. Both Asian. So for today's episode, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 18, Something Wicked, written by Daniel Knopf. Directed by Whitney Rancic. Both of these people, again, only worked on this one episode. And they should have come back. They should have come back. Usually, we leave our opinions of the episode towards the end. But, like, I just want to say it up front that this episode is so good. Especially as a Dean-centric episode, I feel like usually the ones that the Dean-centric ones we get I don't really vibe with as much as I expect I would. But this one is mm. Dean-centric and good and amazing and I love it so much. <laughs> it was pretty good. I wouldn't go so far as to say that it was amazing. Like, do you know how much times I had to see Dean's face on my screen? <laughs> but yeah, overall, there were pretty There good. were a lot of close-ups of his face, I will admit. <laughs> okay, so before going in... Crystal, what were your expectations going into this episode? Um, I did not really know what this episode was going to be about. I know that the phrase something wicked comes from Macbeth, so I was like, well, maybe this is a witch case. And I think the monster of the week is a witch of sorts. Um, I also knew that season one they needed to get the cult at some point, so I was like, maybe the gun will show up at some point, but I think that's for later. Uh, so yeah, really had no idea. Though I did know about the... How do you pronounce it? Shatriga? Striga, yeah. Striga, yeah, okay. I knew about the Striga, like, from Tumblr Post, but I guess I had never really placed it within a certain season or episode of Supernatural. This is quite a timeless episode, I feel like. Like, you could put this anywhere. And it would yeah, be an episode that makes sense. And in fact, they try to put it anywhere um, and drag me away from yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is basically <laughs> drag me away from you. And it's just so weird that, like, you know, this is one of the first... Well, not the first few episodes of the show, but it's in the first season. And then we have, like, the last few episodes of the show. And the thesis statement is the same. Like, literally, nothing has changed. <laughs> Okay, so let's start with the episode. Woo-woo! We open with an adorable little child in her little child voice, like, praying what I presume <laughs> is a canned prayer. And I was right to presume that, because apparently this is, like, a nursery rhyme from the 1800s. And she goes to her bed after she prays, and her dad tucks her in. Well, first, he says, night monkey puss. I think that's like monkey octopus, right? Or what does it mean? Maybe? It means nothing. It means, it means nothing. It's just nothing. weird. <laughs> she asked her dad if her mom is coming home and dad looks at the family picture of the side of the bed and says, no, uh, she's staying with your sister at the hospital. 
her dad finally leaves, but the kid stays up. And she gets spooked by the branches outside her room. So she goes to close the window curtains and hides in her bed. What a poor kid. Like, they, they make a point of making this kid as, like, cute as possible. So when... Oh, yeah. She gets eaten. It's like, oh, no. Poor kid. And we see one of the branches in the tree turn into a hand, which opens the window and creepily goes towards the bed and hovers over the child as it takes up white smoke into its mouth, which later on we learn is the Striga eating the child's soul. Oh uh, no, life force. They're screaming, and that's the end of that scene. So we cut to the Impala, and... It turns out that John has sent Sam and Dean coordinates to Fitchburg, Wisconsin um, for a case. I can't believe John has the fucking audacity to send them on a case after Shadow. Sam says that he couldn't find anything in the local police reports or newspapers to indicate that something was up. But Dean says that they should trust in John and also says maybe he's going to meet us there. He's not gonna meet you there, you stupid slut. <laughs> Literally, he's not. And gonna that's meet what you Sam there. says, word for word. And then Dean says, "Yeah, there's definitely something in Fitchburg to hunt." And Sam asks, "What makes him so sure?" And Dean says, "Cause I'm the oldest, which means I'm always right." They're literally siblings. Yeah, I mean, if this was true siblings, Sam would have replied, well, I'm taller than you, and then Dean would have died right there in that seat, but <laughs> yeah. I guess they needed him alive for the rest of the episode. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Sam says, no, it doesn't, and Dean says, it totally does, and they keep on driving um, to Fitchburg, and the camera zooms in to the sign for Fitchburg, where it is spelled... F-I-T-C-H-B-E-R-G, even though the caption for the location in the first scene had Berg spelled with a U. So yeah. what is the truth, Supernatural? I can't wait for the IMDb review of the person from Fitchburg being like, this is not what Fitchburg looks like. That's not how it's spelled. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> they go into town, get some coffee, and Sam notices that even though it's 410, the local playground is completely empty, and he thinks something is up. He's literally so smart. He's so smart. And the way he, the way he says it too, it's like so like suspenseful, you know, like, what, Dean, what time is it? And then Dean says the time, it's like 10 past 4, and he says, yeah. so what's wrong with this what's picture? Wrong and it's with like, this picture? <laughs> okay, Mr. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Yeah, so Dean walks up to a woman on a bench near the park. You recognize this woman? No, who? It's who Hannah again. <laughs> it's Hannah again? Yeah. They literally, it's literally viewed one season and they're already reusing actors. Like, they just used you in fate, Hannah. Why are you here again? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe this is the same person. Maybe, like, 
she moved away from wherever they were in Faith um, and took up a new receptionist job. Yeah, and then she became a vessel later on. It's the same person. I hope there's fic out here about her. She reveals to Dean that there are no kids around because they keep getting sick. It's a pretty serious illness. And about five or six kids are in the hospital. So we go to Sam and Dean wearing suits, entering a hospital floor. Sam looks so cute. Sam is hounding Dean, like saying that he won't be using this ID that Dean gave him. Because it literally says (laughs) Bikini Inspector on it. And Dean was like, no, I promise they won't even ask to see it. It's all about confidence, man. And Dean pivots Sam to the nurse registrar. And Sam introduces himself as Jerry Kaplan from the Center of Disease Control. And she does ask for some ID. And Sam shows her the ID as like quickly as humanly possible. <laughs> but she does end up giving him directions to the Pedia ward. So Sam and Dean go up there. As they move towards the ward, Dean passes by an old lady's room. Who is creepy because she's old. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and also... Yeah. The cross in her room is inverted, so this makes Dean stop in his tracks, but he proceeds. Once they go to the PD ward, they end up talking to Dr. Heidecker, who gives them the rundown of what's happening. Six cases, five weeks. First, they thought it was pneumonia. Now the kids don't respond to antibiotics and their white cell count keep going down. He says their bodies are just wearing out. And a nurse comes in to have something signed and pitches in that the way the disease is spreading is something new to her because it works its way through families, one sibling after another. So they ask to interview the kids, but all of the kids are in a coma. So they ask to interview the parents instead. So they talk to the dad that we saw in the teaser, Mr. Monkey Puss, and... <laughs> Um, and we find out that the cute little girl's name is Bethany, and her older sister, Mary, was the one who got it before her. And he thinks that they probably caught pneumonia through an open window, because when he saw Bethany sick, the window was open, even though he closed it before he put her to bed. The window was on the second story, and it had a ledge, so he says... No one besides her could have been the one to open it. Sam is doubting the case at this point as he and Dean head out. Uh, but Dean is still putting his faith in John. And Sam's like, okay, cool. Well, that dad is probably not going to be home for a while. So let's go break in. So Sam and Dean are checking Bethany's room with an EMF. But nothing's coming up. But then Sam goes to the window and opens it up. And he says, oh yeah, something is up. So we look over the side and there's this long claw-like handprint in the wood that looks like it's like rotted through the ledge. And it's giant. Like, okay, this man said, oh, I noticed the window was open and presumably he went over and closed it. After he noticed it was open, after his daughter was sick. He didn't see the, like, two-foot-long chicken hand on the window. (laughs) 
And the five or six, like, sick kids' parents before this also didn't notice the chicken hand on the window. You know, it only hunters see things like this, Crystal. <laughs> Damn, you got me. So, Sam asks, what the hell leaves a handprint like that? And then, we get a flashback. It's, like, sort of sepia-toned. Yeah, right? it's almost like black and white. some visual indicator. Yeah. Um, and we're in a motel room with baby Dean and baby Sam. And they look so no. cute with their little baby faces. <gasps> oh, they're kids. They're, they're literally so kids. cute. Yeah, no, like Sam's got like curly little hair and Dean's got freckles, which he doesn't have anymore when he's older. He doesn't have any more freckles, fanfiction writers. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is uh like almost a genre of supernatural episode like uh you yeah. know, flashback episode and i do enjoy every right. single one of them except for drag me except away from for you. drag me away from you <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate that episode but uh like every single one of these just literally like goes in into my insides and knots everything up also like these baby like sam and dean actors are the baby sam and dean actors you know in your yeah like, in none your of head the other right, ones like... are are truly it but these ones are well i would say the 17 year old like i think the deans are all pretty good even the one in Drag Me Away From You? No, I hate Drag Me Away From You. That's <laughs> not included. But Yeah, no like, hate to the actors, though. You were fine. <laughs> you were fine. It's just so funny that they're bringing up Sam going to college. Like, again, in the final season. It's like, you're not even gonna take this plot anywhere, bro. Anyway, let's bash that episode three years from now. <laughs> yeah. But, But, like... You know, you know that episode where Sam and Dean go to high school. Like that one's also pretty good. Um, is that one after school special? Yeah. Is that the one where Sam has an English teacher and Dean gets chewed out by a girl for being a loser? Yeah, I think so. I I don't, I don't remember nice. Dean's plot in that episode, but Sam's plot is that he has an English teacher, like every <laughs> single one of us gay people. So that's yeah. <laughs> The the Dean centric episode where he goes to the boys' home. The Dean there is also pretty good, I say. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we see in this flashback that there's a photo of the same handprint that we saw on the sill. And oh, by the way, we're saying babies, but like Dean's like ten and Sam's yeah, like and Sam's six. six. John is about to head out, loading up on weapons, and he tells Dean you know the drill. Anyone calls, you don't pick up. If it's me, I'll ring once, then call back. You got that? Dean goes, yeah, got it. And John tells him to look more alert because this stuff is important. And Dean says, yeah, but we've gone over it like a million times and you know I'm not stupid. And John says, I know you're not. Which, you know, is a really low bar, but I was afraid that John wasn't even gonna, like, be able to go over that bar, so at least there's that. That's the one nice thing I'll say about John this episode. The John's like, yeah, you're stupid as fuck, Dean. Like, sorry, I'm <laughs> repeating everything. It's just you're an airhead. Yeah. Right. He says, I know you're not, but then he says, but it only takes one mistake. You got that? Which, who does he think is going to call? 
Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's instinct. I, yeah, no, I just, I don't know who he thinks is gonna call, like, I feel like, like, the ghosts we've seen do not use phones. None of the creatures we've seen so far have been phone users. Like, what is going to happen? I think maybe, yeah. like, a monster can, like, trick them or something. Oh, yeah, they could imitate John's voice. Or, like, just some guy. Literally, just some guy can fucking That's trick true. these kids. And also, if John's not back by Sunday night, then Dean repeats back to him that he should call Pastor Jim. They go through some more safety measures, and then John says, most important. And Dean says, watch out for Sammy. Oh. The way the the way this scene plays out, like Dean looks behind him, looks over his shoulder, yeah. and it's Sam looking like a, the sickest, most Victorian child. <laughs> He's like like the Pillsbury Doughboy, but like with like consumption. Yeah, <laughs> he looks so sad and grieved. Like, he's supposed to be, I think, just relaxing and watching TV, but he looks like like he's mourning the death of, like, half the planet. And then John finally says, and if something tries to bust in, and Dean says, shoot first, ask questions later. Something that this man has not grown from since the age of ten. Sorry, Dean, and sorry everyone who's encountered Dean. John doesn't even give Dean a goodbye hug. I was waiting yeah. for some reason for a goodbye hug. I was, like, waiting right, for John to go, Come here, Dean, and then, like, give him a little hug or, like, a little ruffle in the head. But nothing. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's... He, like, pats his shoulder. But still. And he says, that's my man. He is a boy. He's a little baby boy. Oh, also, is this the first scene where we see John wearing the leather jacket? Oh, uh, I actually haven't thought about this, but that makes sense because now Dean has the leather jacket, so... Yeah, for all the first time viewers of Supernatural, like, I'm sure that meant something to them. Like, oh god, Dean's wearing his dad's jacket. God damn. Oh, yeah, and then we finally pan back to Dean, a close-up of his face looking kind of stricken. And he says, I know why Dad sent us here. He's faced this thing before. He wants us to finish the job. Ugh. Sam and Dean drive to a motel. And as they get out of the car, Sam asks what a striga is. And Dean says, oh, I'm not sure. Some kind of witch, maybe. But they don't know much about it. And I was like, who is they? The hunting committee? And... Sam says he's never heard of it from Dad or Dad's journal. And Dean says, oh, I'm sure Dad hunted one in Fort Douglas 16, 17 years ago. And this is like when you realize that Dean was literally 10 and Sam was literally 6. And I was stricken. I was so upset. Dean says, like, Dad must have caught the scent of the Striga in here and sent us out to finish the job. So Sam asks, how the Striga is still alive, despite being hunted by John before. And Dean says, it got away. Sam presses at this. And my question for you regarding that is like, do you think Sam thinks John is a good hunter? Or do you think 
he thinks John is so obsessive that he will never leave a case open. Because those are the two options that were running in my head. I think the second one. Yeah, right? Yeah, because Dean's always been the one who's complimented John's hunting. Like, in Scarecrow, he was like, wow, look at all the skill it took to pull together all these cases. Um, Sam has never really said anything like that. And I think that, especially because this creature is not in John's journal, but it apparently went, like, got away, then Sam's thought is like, oh yeah, that is both obsessive and prideful. Like, he didn't put in a case that he didn't solve into his journal because he's, yeah, obsessed with hunting and obsessed at being good at it, even if he's not. Okay, so Sam asks what else Dean remembered, and Dean says, nothing. I was a kid. He was literally a kid! He was literally a kid. My god. Dean enters the motel, and a little kid is at the counter. An absolute icon of a little kid. I know this child so well from, like, two screenshots. (laughs) The the kid asks, a king or two queens? And Dean says, two queens. And the kid looks over at Sam for a prolonged period of time and says... (laughs) Yeah, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Also, you know, I'm a big fan of him looking at Sam for this. Because, okay, the the only times when I've seen these screenshots, it was for, like, by Dean truthers who are like, oh, this kid is clocking that Dean has gay energy. But no, this kid was clocking that Sam had long hair. (laughs) Like, (laughs) he was looking at Sam. So... First, Steve says, what did you say? And then the kid says, nice car. And you know that (laughs) post that's like, I told my girlfriend that I drive an Impala and she said that we should both see other men. (laughs) No, Lisa (laughs) Core. Yeah, I think it was a Dean Lisa post. A lady walks in the front door and asks if Dean is checking in. And we learn that this is the kid's mom. And she tells the kid, Michael, to go serve his brother Asher dinner, at which the kid grumpily goes away and doubles down on the two queens' remark. What the fuck is wrong with this kid? (laughs) He's so funny. He's the funniest kid in the world. Okay, like, I understand that Supernatural was being homophobic, but also it's fine because this kid is also gay and we're all just part of the same beautiful community. Anyway, uh, I, ju- I was just thinking at this time that like it would have been f- so funny if the mom was like, okay, and then looks at Sam and goes, king or two queens? <laughs> like, <laughs> if she repeated the question, like that would have been hilarious. But they were yeah. going for a more serious tone in this scene. So... What we get instead is, as Dean is paying, he sees how Michael is serving his little brother dinner. And we go to another flashback scene. Sorry, Dean's face before the flashback is so funny. Like, he does, like, a whole little, like, gasp and looks up into the distance. Like, that is not how memories work. You have to unfocus your eyes every time you remember something. It's the rule. (laughs) So uh, we go to another flashback scene, right? And Mm -hmm. Dean is serving Sam milk and SpaghettiOs. 
Sam first asks when John is coming back, to which Dean says, I don't know. Then Sam says, I don't want Scabettios. He is so cute. And Dean says, like, you're the one who asked for them. And Sam's, like, grumpily says, I want Lucky Charms. And Dean says, "Uh, there's none left. And Sam recognizes that he's bluffing. And Dean says, like, yeah, there's only one bowl worth left, though. And I haven't had any yet. Sam does his puppy dog eyes. And Dean throws he throws the spaghettios away in the garbage like why didn't you eat them dean (laughs) the thing is like i have never had spaghettios or lucky charms but yeah i assume lucky charms is good because it's just sugar uh spaghettios though i doubt they're good because what i have had is i have had Kraft mac and cheese and if the consistency is similar Throw that shit away, Dean. <laughs> well, like, I don't well, support okay, food waste. Yeah, but, but spaghettios are pasta and tomato sauce. You know, like, tomato sauce is meant to be in cans. Like, there's, like, it's not a powder sort mm, of situation. It's more like a canned soup situation. Like, spaghettios are not bad. Dean should have eaten them. He serves Sam the Lucky Charms. And Sam picks up the toy inside the Lucky Charms. He hands it to Dean and says, Do you want the prize? He's and I so scream cute. and cry. Oh, he's so cute. More than like the he's cuteness. So cute. It's, I don't know, it really yeah. got to me. I literally started crying. Like, this is when I message oh. you that like, I hate everything and I will start crying right now. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's just how much Dean has to be a parent and how, like, Sam is, like, even at age six, sort of able to recognize that, I don't know, that he feels that he has to repay Dean in a way, but, like, not in, like, an unhealthy way, just, like, a, I don't know, just in, like, you know, the fix where, like, Sam makes Dean a card on Mother's Day, like, the same, that, that it has the same energy as that. Yeah. Uh, this reminds me of that one post by, like, someone, like, put the screenshots of this scene up on Tumblr. And then somebody mm-hmm. replied to it saying, like, oh, I've never seen this show, but if this is these are the main characters, now I get why you guys are fucking obsessed with it. <laughs> because, like, this is it, you know? Like, yeah. like you know... In Shadow, we were like, oh, Dean has so many problems and disorders. And this episode is basically like, do you remember in Shadow where Dean has so many problems and disorders? This episode, we will show you how and why he has those problems and disorders. Enjoy! (laughs) Like, this is that episode. Yeah. Yeah. I still hate, I still hate Shadow Dean, but something wicked Dean gets a pass. Yeah. Dean's flashback ends, and that's that. So, Sam's looking up Strigas on his laptop, and he says that they're an Albanian witch that, sp- that feed off Spiritus Vitae, which is the breath of life or your life force. Um, I know earlier you said that they were eating people's souls, which isn't what Sam says here. Well, I yeah, also yeah. saw in the fun facts section that um, 
like I think in one of the books or something, when Sam is soulish, uh, the Shriga the Shriga can't feed off of him. So oh, I guess it sort of is like the life force is related to the soul, and also apparently to the the soul is related to the immune system somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Sam says, yeah, so maybe after she takes your life force, then your immunity goes to hell, and then you get pneumonia from the open window, but your, like, white blood cells can't combat that. Mm-hmm. Um, which, oh, I kind of think it's so funny that if the if the Shriga had just closed the window after leaving, like, the kids would have been, like, okay-ish until their next illness. Yeah. Like, there was no <laughs> point. Like, they already took the life force. Like, the Shriga was just, like, a little bit lazy and didn't want to close the window. And now all the kids are dying now in- instead of, like, in a month. Yeah, he says that they can feed off anyone that but they prefer. And Dean finishes the sentence, children. And it's like, well, Dean, how did you know that? Well, for reasons... And Sam says that Shrigas are invulnerable to all weapons devised by God and man. Which, you don't know, like this? This uh, this episode is named after a Macbeth quote. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about, you know, um, the various conditions. Like, oh, Macbeth will never be killed by, like, a man born of, of woman born and stuff like that. Like I was like, okay, so a weapon devised by woman then we can we can do that one. <laughs> yeah. Um or like I'm sure monkeys have devised weapons. Like okay, like sharp pointy stick is probably a weapon devised by animal, right? You can sting this strigo with a bee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you okay, so this take the strigo to the bees. to the attic and bugs and release the 10,000 live bees on it. Um but Dean says no, um the striga is vulnerable when it feeds. And when it's eating, then if you blast it with consecrated wrought iron bullets, then you're good. Um, Sam asks how he knows this, and Dean says, Dad told me, I remember. And Sam's getting suspicious about Dean's level of knowledge with the case, so he asks, like, oh, is there anything else Dad might have mentioned? And Dean says, nope. And Sam remains suspicious. Uh, but he continues on to say that they usually take a human disguise when they're not hunting, often as an old woman. And Dean goes, okay, well look, the addresses of all the victims are centered around the hospital. And while I was there, I saw an old woman. And Sam goes, an old person in In a hospital? hospital? (laughs) Better call the Coast Guard. Oh, Sam, you're so funny. Giggling and twirling my hair. Um, and Dean goes, Well, no, but she also had an inverted cross on her wall. So that's enough to convince Sam, and they head to the hospital. So they head to the hospital. Um, they have to hide from Dr. Heidecker for a sec. Yeah, are there only two nurses and one doctor in this hospital? Yes. And they go into the room of the old woman. She's sitting there. Her eyes seem open, but she doesn't really seem to be particularly aware of her surroundings. 
and natives there just go in holding their guns out. Does this hospital not have CCTV? Like, what's yeah, going first on? that. Second, like, they were fully ready to just, like, murder this random old woman. Like, I thought for a second that they were just gonna try to shoot, like, regardless of, like, any feeding behaviors. God. Also, I complained so much about them going into various situations unarmed. Like, they were like, this is the situation in which we will go in armed. But in all the situations where we're going into ghost houses, where even if we did accidentally shoot at someone, it would just be salt, we'll leave the salt guns in the car. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they creep in closer and closer, holding their guns. Like, Dean basically has his face in her face and his gun on her face when suddenly she turns her head and says, Who the hell are you? Dean jumps and, like, back against a wall. And he, like, puts his hand over his face in a screenshot that I feel like I've seen a lot. Have you seen this? Screen cap a lot Actually, too? no. I didn't recognize oh. it. Huh. Okay. I think people use it a lot because you can really see his ring in that shot. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And you're like, oh, I miss when Dean wore jewelry. I do miss when yeah. Dean wore jewelry. In fact, I wear <laughs> I wear a silver <laughs> ring right on the finger where Dean wears his. And it looks oh kind of like his too. So, oh you know, I am, you know, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the old woman keeps talking and she's pretty clearly a human. She's like, who's there? Are you trying to steal my stuff? And Sam says, no, we're maintenance. We thought you were sleeping. And the woman's like, ah, nonsense. I was sleeping with my peepers open. Uh, and then she says, and can you, like, go fix that cross on the wall I've already asked before? And they're like, oh, oof. And Dean turns it back around, and they head out. In the meantime, as night falls, we see Michael and his brother Asher sleeping in the motel room. And we see their window open, and the Striga manifest and we cut so we don't see it explicitly but we know that one of them gets attacked yep. so we go to the morning now back in the motel where sam is fucking laughing his heart out about the old gals like sleeping with my peepers open comment and i was like it's literally morning now sam get over it <laughs> no but it was really cute i like when he laughs he doesn't know how... Jared Padalecki doesn't know how to act. No! Laugh. That's so mean! No, that's just how You're my beautiful brown-eyed... That's how my beautiful brown-eyed boy laughs. That's how Sam laughs. And I All won't I have hear. you making fun of Sam's laugh. All I can hear is Jared Padalecki defense. I'm sorry, Crystal. No! No! It's not... Sam's fault that his laugh just happens to sound like that, and I think that we should appreciate every time Sam feels joy, regardless of the vessel that it's going through. <laughs> all right, all right. So, 
Dean's like, it's not funny. And Sam says, well, you should have seen your face. And Dean's like, laugh all you want, but we are back to square one. Just then, Dean sees Michael, the two queens kid, in a bench, forlorn. So he goes there. And apparently, his little brother is sick with pneumonia. The kid blames himself because the window was unlatched. And he says that he should have checked that the window was latched. So Dean looks at the kid and says, like, I promise you, it's not your fault. And I start crying yet again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, the kid says, like, it's my job to look after him. Yeah. Like, we already know that this kid is a Dean mirror, but every time they make mirrors in Supernatural, they have to go really hard on it in case you didn't get it yet. Supernatural, like, every character in Supernatural is a mirror to another character. No, I mean, that's why the Sam-coded, Dean-coded, Cass-coded system works so well. Because literally every character on Supernatural is one of them coded. So, just then, the mom steps out of the motel with some stuff for the hospital and starts instructing the kid on what to do while she's gone. Uh, Michael insists to go to the hospital with her and Dean goes up to the kid and basically says like, hey, I get it. I'm a big brother too, but you gotta go uh, easy on your mom. Okay, I, the, I'm a big brother too is very... <laughs> and also like, yeah, I just... I feel like, do you think that he sees Mary in this woman at all? No, I think this woman is supposed to be a John Yeah, Carlo. right, because she's instructing the kid on yeah. what to do. But also, I don't know, I feel like Dean has enough problems and disorders that, like, every mother he sympathizes with becomes Mary in his brain a little bit, you know? Yeah, I get what you mean. Dean offers to drive the mom. And she first says, like, no, I can't do that, but eventually agrees. And he is such a gentleman. Like, <laughs> I know he is a notorious and violent misogynist. But also this scene, I was like, oh, look at him. He's a little gentleman. He's closing the door for her. <laughs> and he, before he goes into the car, he says to Sam, I want this thing dead. You hear me? And then he walks away and they go to the hospital. It's... I think even before we know the specifics of Dean's involvement with this case, I I still really liked um like how personally he was taking it just because I felt like it was a good carryover from Dead in the Water, where he's shown to be like very good with kids and caring about them a lot, and how he turned the car back around just because he wanted to check on Lucas. So like yeah, I, 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 I understand why some people sometimes like Dean sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Sam's at a library now, um, while Dean is in the hospital, and he and Dean are calling. Uh, the kid's not doing well, while Sam has been tracing similar incidents happening across history. So it seems like every 15 to 20 years, this Striga finds a new town and kills kids there for, for months, and all these kids go into comas and then die. Uh, the earliest time that this happened 
was in a place called Black River Falls in the 1890s. And then he pulls up a photo from the newspaper, and it's of a bunch of doctors standing around a kid's bed, but one of the doctors is Dr. Heidecker in good for a Sam. photo taken in 1893. Yeah, good for Sam. He's so smart. He's so smart, but also, like, I literally would never recognize this guy. Never. I literally yeah, like, would never. I don't- remember what he looks like like right now and i watched this episode like two hours ago and dean's like are you sure and sam says yeah absolutely um so dean hangs up and he sees dr heidecker who's like right there in the room with him telling asher and michael's mom don't worry your son's in good hands i'm gonna take care of him and dean looks like so angry like he's so mad like he yeah and oh do you think do you think it's because he's thinking about how this is the person that attacked sam like little six-year-old sam like i know he cares about kids in general but do you think there's that element there too i'm sure there's that element although i did read it purely as he's just angry that all these kids are suffering like in general yeah yeah um so heidecker asks dean what the cdc has come up with so far and Dean says, eh, we don't know yet, but I'll let you know. And Heidecker says, nothing's more important to me than these kids. Let me know if I can help. And Dean says, I'll do that uh, com- very murderously. I may or may not become a doctor in the future. But like, if ever <laughs> I become a doctor, I want to be the doctor that Dean is presenting here right now. Which is a doctor who's wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> yeah. God, also, like, okay, I was like, oh no, I think I wrote down during this scene, like, Dean's doctor kink is ruined. No, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, like, the next time he turns on Dr. Sexy, he's like, I can't even look at you right now. I forgot to make the joke that the Shriga, like, disguising themselves as Dr. Heidecker despite, like, she her pronouns being used on them earlier as trans rights <laughs> <laughs> this creature eats children <laughs> yeah exactly diversity win <laughs> this creature eats children like back in the motel like sam and dean talk about the case and sam says like oh doctor this guy's is so convenient and he tells Dean that he's surprised dean didn't just shoot the guy right then and there and Dean says, like, one, we were in the PDO ward. I'm not going to shoot the guy. Two, the dude is only vulnerable when he's feeding. And three, I wasn't I packing. I wasn't packing! <laughs> Trans-Dean, 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 Trans-Dean. And he says, like, if I had a gun, I would have finished the clip on this guy. Which is a promise that the show makes, you know? Like... When Mm -hmm. Dean finally shoots this guy, he's going to empty the clip on this creature. And we kind of got it, but not to my satisfaction. I think think they did it enough. Like, didn't didn't he shoot him in the head, like, three times in succession? Like, that's sufficient for me. No, just two times. I counted. Oh, never mind. Boo! It wasn't satisfactory. Dean then suggests that they wait for the Stiga to attack Michael. And Sam is completely fucking appalled by this. You know, the concept of using a kid as bait. 
Dean insists, saying that dad did not send me here to walk away. Sam says, like, sent you? He sent us. And Dean says, like, it's on me, though. It's my fault, though. Like, who knows how many kids got hurt because of me? Sam continues questioning him. What what are you hiding? And Dean goes silent. And then Sam says, you've been hiding something from me from the get-go. Talk to me. So Dean does. So three nights into the motel that they were staying in when Dean was 10, Dean says that he needed to get some air because he was climbing up the walls. And Dean goes out for a walk while Sam is sleeping. He goes to the nearby arcade for a bit and then walks back home. When in the motel room, he sees something in Sam's room. He opens the door slowly and he sees that the Striga is feeding on Sam. So John busts into the room and starts shooting the Striga. Like right before Dean was about to shoot the thing himself. Oh, the shot of Dean, like little little baby Dean reaching for his gun and holding it up is used in many AMVs about the cycles of violence that happen through the family and Supernatural. And it's it's an evocative shot, you know? Like it is. a little baby He's Dean. He's a little baby. Like the gun's like almost taller than him, like basically. Uh, he's just a kid. He literally is just a kid. So uh it gets away and John cradles Sam, who is still alive. And John asks Dean, like, what happened? Dean says, like, I went out, I'm sorry. John says, I told you not to leave this room. Do not let him out of your sight. And John's face is full of disgust. Well, specifically, after Dean says, I just went out, John says, what? And Dean starts looking, like, scared. And then he says, like, just for a second, I'm sorry. And then John says the rest. And it's just yeah. so... Ooh, he's ten! He's ten! He's ten. He's literally ten. Also, because because I, I care about Sam more still, do you think that... Okay, because, like, the Shriga, like, still took a bit of Sam's life force before it jumped away, right? Yes. Like, do you think that that had any effects on Sam? You know that joke that, like, Sam always collapses on every episode in future seasons? Oh <laughs> I was like, this is the Shriga's fault. yeah oh my poor little fainting victorian maiden at some point though like i would rewatch episodes from like season nine season nine is like the the season after he did the trial so like it's understandable that he's weak but he literally does get knocked out every single episode what's wrong with this guy (laughs) he's got (laughs) brain damage bro poor boy yeah but also Huh, do you think... Because I feel like even at this point, Sam, with his psychic powers and everything, has felt for a long time that there's something wrong with him, that there's something in him that's evil. Do you think maybe after hearing this story, he was like, maybe the something wrong was just something missing? Like, like that Shriga took something away when I was a baby, when I was six. That is a good thought. Yeah. Maybe. They don't do a good job of showing Sam's perspective in this episode, I feel like. Oh, yeah, they just cut to Sam standing in the background being like, Oh, I'm so touched. 
And that makes sense because, you know, the the character they're developing is Dean. Even though the relationship uh. that they're developing is Sam and Dean's. Mm-hmm. I, I I forgive it because I, I know think this it's is a, a good, good episode. episode. Yeah. So we go back to the present day and Dean says, Dad just grabbed them and booked and dropped them off at Pastor Jim's. And then when he went back, the Strigo is gone. And it never resurfaced until now. Dad never spoke about it again, and Dean didn't ask. But he, I quote, looked at me different, you know, which is worse. Not that I blame him. He gave me an order, and I didn't listen. I almost got you killed. Killing and biting and killing and biting and attacking and killing John with a branch. Yeah. Sam says, you were just a kid. And Dean says, Dad knows this is unfinished business for me, so don't say that. And he sent me here to finish it. Okay, is this, this is the part we where we talk about, about how fucking manipulative and yeah. shitty it was of John to send him here. There are only two options here, right? Which is one, John knows exactly what Dean is gonna feel about this case. And he wants Dean to feel this way. Two, the second option is he is completely unaware of the guilt wreaking havoc in Dean's psyche right now. And both options are so bad. Like, I would say that the intentional, like, oh, let's teach Dean a lesson is worse. Yeah. But, yeah. But, like, being so disconnected from your son and thinking of him as less than a person enough to think that he's not even gonna feel guilty like that also is so shitty yeah well yeah because well dean says dad knew this was unfinished business for me yeah so dean thinks that it's the punishment option and he thinks that john is right to do that too it's so much like i know that dean is an adult and john doesn't need to protect dean anymore but i assume as your parent as a parent, like, it's your instinct to protect your child. And obviously, like, this instinct has long been gone from John yeah. ever since, I guess. I but, mean, it was gone when Dean was 10 and Sam was 6 and he left his children alone in the town with the child-eating monster thinking that the, that the child-eating monster wasn't going to eat his children. Can't John just spare Dean this one? Like, that's all I ask. <laughs> Because he's so guilty. Like, I don't know. It's It really got to me. Yeah. And the way he doesn't even take Sam, like, trying to make him feel better with the, like, you were just a kid. Like, that doesn't matter to Dean. Like, he, it's like he feels just as guilty as if he'd, like, let this happen today. Uh, and also, you know that scene with um, Dean and Mary... Where, that's been going around Tumblr a lot this week, where Mary's like, I'm not, I'm like, I am your mother, but I'm not just a mother, and you need to stop, act like, being a child, and Dean says, I never was a child. He was a child. He was just a kid, but he also literally was never a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My god. <laughs> Dean and Sam are now at the motel reception talking to Michael, telling him about what's up. Michael at first 
doesn't believe them and calls them crazy. But Dean says, like, this is real. It attacked your brother. I've seen it. And it attacked my brother once, too. And Michael reveals that he saw a figure with a long black robe during the night that Asher got sick. Um, but he just thought it was a nightmare. Dean says, I'd give anything not to tell you this, but sometimes nightmares are real. Hmm. And then Michael asks, so why are you telling me? And then Dean says it's because they need his help. Um, and Michael is pretty resistant at first. But Dean says, this thing hurt Asher and it's gonna keep hurting kids unless we stop it. Which... It's not the best way to, to convince, like, a ten-year-old to... Like, he's trying to guilt this ten-year-old into helping. Like, come on, dude. And also, secondly... Okay, if I was Dean, I would just say, like, this thing works through siblings. So, like, either it's going to come and eat you tonight, or it's gonna come and eat you tonight, but we'll be there with guns. Like, which one yeah. would you prefer, my dude? But yeah, whatever, I guess. Yeah, so we cut to the inside of the motel room with Dean saying, well, that went crappy, so it didn't work. And Sam says, well, yeah, you can't ask an adult to do something like that, much less a kid. But then there's a knock at the door, and it's Michael. Oh, God. Oh, by the way, did the Dean Rear's name is Michael? Fun. No, 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 <laughs> like... What? Did John use the two as bait? Oh my god! Shit! He did, didn't Cause he? he? he Because he ran into the house, like, right after it started feeding on Sam, right? Like, yes. how did he know? Dean didn't call him. Oh my god! Either he, like, tracked Shit. the Striga down immediately. Because, like, the, the only way he, it makes sense that he, like, because he doesn't bust in and then see the Striga and, like, go, like, oh my god. Like, he busts in, guns blazing. So he knows the yeah. creature is there. Yeah, like, he had been washing outside the window. And also, okay, he said that it was Dean's job and that he should shoot, like, if anything tries to break in, right? Did he basically yeah. say, like, I'll leave them as bait and Dean can be the one who kills it? <sighs> like, Fuck time to send Dean <laughs> on his first hunt at age 10? Oh my god, what the motherfuck? And, and we know that Dean is used as bait occasionally. Because we get a future episode yeah. in this season where that happens. Oh god. Uh, oh, I'm kill this guy. <laughs> oh god, John Winchester is so dead. He's so dead. Uh, I mean, we only have to wait what like five more episodes, and then we get to see him die anyway. So yeah, but he dies a heroic death. Oh, uh, whatever. Like they cut out the part where I like farted on his face after he died, or whatever. <laughs> uh. Yeah, um, so, so yeah, they open, oh my god, sorry, I need a moment, oh my god, he literally used the most bait. Okay, so they open the door, and it's Michael, and he asks, if you kill it, will Asher get better? And Dean says, honestly, we don't know. And then Michael says, you said you were a big, you said you were a big brother. And this is the moment that I started crying. 
crying in the episode. No. <laughs> yeah, I think which is the first scene. time I have cried while watching Supernatural season one. So mm-hmm. I guess put that in the history books. And Dean nods, and Michael says, "And you'd take care of your little brother? You'd do anything for him?" And Dean says, "Yeah, I would." And Michael says, "Me too. I'll help." And oh, I think while this is going on, the camera sort of pans back to Sam standing in the yeah. shadows, watching this exchange going on, looking very touched. Yeah, and it's all—it's all a lot. Oh yeah. So it's night. And we are in uh, Michael's room. Sam and Dean, well, Dean is setting up night vision cameras in the room. And Dean instructs Michael on what to do. It's just yada yada. Like, I feel like the they only made it this long. Because the like explanation on what Michael should do is so long. Like, they only did that to fill up time, I feel like. <laughs> I didn't think it was that useless. I kind of liked it. Um, I guess, like, on one hand, I just liked knowing that they had a plan and they weren't gonna shoot this kid on accident. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I feel like it's another scene of, like, Dean being good with kids, right? Like, he warns Michael that the gunshot's gonna be too loud. Um, yeah, he tells him to stay under the bed and cover his ears. And most importantly, he tells him... Uh, if he he asks Michael if he wants to do this, and yeah. he says, "If you don't, it's okay. I won't be mad." <laughs> I think right after Dean says, "It's okay. I won't be mad." I wrote down, "Fine, Dean. Girls, I get it. Like I'm not one of you, but I understand." <laughs> We go to Sam and Dean waiting outside the room. It's currently 3 a.m. And they talk about how they're using consecrated iron rounds like Dad used last time. And then Sam says, Hey, Dean, I'm sorry. He says, I've given you a lot of crap for following Dad's orders. But now I know why you do it. And Dean says, Oh, God, kill me now. (laughs) (laughs) And then Asylum Sam reaches out for his gun and goes, okay. In the camera that they're watching Michael's room from, they start to see the branch warping into a hand. The Shtriga is about to attack. And it manifests and it moves towards Michael and starts to feed on him. And the brothers bust in and start shooting. And the Shtriga is dead, except... It's not dead, and it attacks Dean. It also attacks Sam afterwards, and it starts to feed on Sam. And Dean shoots it square in the head. And we see, like, little blood splatter on the camera lens. He's Dean says, like, you okay, little brother, to Sam. Which is cute, but also, like, no one says that in English. The life force that the Striga absorb gets released into the ether. And Dean, as promised, empties his clip on him, but only twice. So I wish they did, like, at least three or four. But alas. Okay. I want to know the logistics of this energy escaping. Like, are we assuming it goes back to the specific kids that it came from? 
Yeah, I hope so. Okay, but then... You have another person's about, life force inside no, but, of you. No, what about all the kids who died? Like, are their corpses getting resurrected in the ground? Yeah, the next episode is a zombie invasion. <laughs> of the kids from 1890. Yeah, exactly. going... Yeah, why isn't it the Victorian era anymore? So now we're outside of the motel and Sam and Dean are... Oh, wait. Also, okay. The Shriga, like, sort of disintegrates with the robe stays behind, right? <laughs> like, yeah. what is Michael gonna do with the robe? Like, also, isn't there, like, dust all over the ground? I hope that they help Michael clean up and now Michael either has, like, a really good Halloween costume or they just put it in the dumpster. So, we're outside of the motel, and Dean and Sam are packing up the Impala, about to leave, and Michael's mom shows up. Dean asks after Asher. Um, she doesn't reply, but she asks if Michael's here, and he runs up to her, and she hugs him, and she tells him that Asher's gonna be fine, um, and all of the other kids are also doing fine, and they should all be leaving in a few days. Sam asks about Dr. Heidecker, and the mom says, Oh, he wasn't in today, must have been sick or something. So, yeah, he's he's very dead. And the mom asks Michael if anything happened while she was out, and Michael looks at Dean and then lies, saying, like, Nope, same old stuff. And they head off to see Ash in the hospital. As they go away, Sam says, it's too bad. And Dean says, oh, they'll be fine. And Sam says, that's not what I meant. I meant Michael. He'll always know there are things out there in the dark. He'll never be the same, you know? Sometimes I wish that... And Dean says, what? And Sam says, I wish I could have that kind of innocence. Ah! <laughs> And then Dean says, like, after a long pause, if it means anything, sometimes I wish you could too. Ah! <laughs> and then they drive away. What an episode. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the end of the episode. Crystal, we already know what I think. What do you yeah. think about this one? Screaming and crying and biting and kicking. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I have to say. Because this is the first episode I'm watching that I didn't watch recently. So like last year. And I was mm -hmm. like, I should have. I should have continued my rewatch. Because this is when it gets good. Like, I, I told you this off air, but the next couple of weeks that we're yeah. going to be recording is going to be a blast, I feel like. Like, uh, these episodes are going to be very good. And I am already looking forward to it. And I think this is when season one really picks up its pace. Uh, I have a question. Would you consider yeah. season one plotless? Um, I mean, a lot of the Monster of the Week episodes are quite isolated. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, every episode they're like, we have to find Dad. But first, let's go kill yeah, a ghost. kill this monster. Yeah. I think it's more character-driven than plot-driven, which I, 
like supernatural is not like you know supernatural is notoriously like a show where everything happens so like it's it's fun to have this like easygoing first season that's a yeah. bit plotless but still character driven and this episode is the peak of that like the plot just is meant to be there to enhance the character which i love okay so best line worst line what's your best uh, line i guess probably the ending scene right where sam says mm-hmm. that sometimes i wish that i could have that kind of innocence and dean says if it means anything sometimes i wish you could too screaming and crying you i i really like the line like he looked at me different which was worse because <laughs> do i need to explain <laughs> We all know why I like the line. (laughs) Because it really uh, showcases how Dean views his relationship with John. You know, that John sees him as a soldier and not even a good soldier at that, you know. And it makes me so fucking miserable. But it's a good line. What's your worst line? Huh. There's not really any particularly bad lines that stand out to me. There are no bad lines in this episode. I feel like I don't like. think that's true, but let me. <laughs> let me think. I a cannot think longer. of one. King or two queens? <laughs> no, that's the best line. <laughs> that's... Yeah. Oh, my my worst line is a night monkey puss. No, <laughs> that line is no because. <laughs> I don't know. What is a monkey bus? <laughs> is it nothing? An octopus monkey? Or is it a monkey Maybe. octopus? Or perhaps a monkey cat? Who knows? Maybe. we. Yeah, it's a mystery, but that'll be the main monster in season two. I'll just hitch my wagon on your line, as we like okay. to say. Yeah. And say that monkey bus <laughs> is a pretty goofy line. <laughs> Okay, IMDb rating. I'll go first. I'll go first. 8.9. I really love this episode. I think it's yeah. really good. I think it's well written. I think it's better than the pilot, which is now an 8.6. So, right. Uh, I'll, I'm going um, for 8.9. Yeah, I would put this one probably in the same tier as Home, which I know is currently an 8.8. So, I'm going to guess 8.8. Oh, no. What? It's an 8.6. What? Why? Why? Why are all you people so mean and wrong? One of these says like, chick flick moments. A little bit che- too cheesy for me at times. Boo! Come on! You're literally Boo. watching Supernatural, bro. Yeah. Oh, the person who says John Winchester is the monster of the season. So true. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. This one said, this episode made me love the show. Aw, that Aww. that makes me feel feelings. Oh my fucking god! The one of these, the one of these says not uh-huh. just brothers, and I was like, holy shit! What? And no! I, I clicked, I clicked expand, and it says big sisters too. Do what they have oh to protect god. little sisters and brothers. And I was oh like, thank god. god! Oh my god! I would have died. Oh, in this episode, I started to dislike John Winchester. We are getting people on our side. Oh, the last one ends with, this is what Supernatural is. 
This is why it's the best show on television. This. <laughs> I mean, we're doing a I mean, podcast for it, so I can't not really the best say this. show on yeah. television, but I but mean, we are doing a podcast for it. So <laughs> it's Deef. What do you think is the best show on television right now? In general. Well, when I was young, I really liked House MD. <laughs> no. It was the first TV show I have ever watched. House MD. That's so sad. I know. I mean, it's not bad. It's not a bad show. I, listen, yeah, no, I'm. I've definitely had phases where I've been penis delirious about it, but also like, jeez, is that show racist and misogynistic? The thing is, like, when I was younger, like I would say, three, no, 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 like eleven, uh. I read all of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's works. All of them. Oh, What's yeah. wrong with me? What's wrong with me? <laughs> anyway. No, I also very much had, yeah, Sherlock Holmes phase. Yeah. And then I watched two shows. I watched Sherlock and I watched House MD. Because I read somewhere that these two are like renditions. Renditions of, uh, of Sherlock Holmes. So like... Uh, between the two, House yeah, MD is no, between the, the two, show. House MD is the best show on television. Oh, you didn't even <laughs> exactly. watch it elementary. I've never got around to it because I was a bit okay. older when I learned about it, and I was already a supernatural super fan. All right. Well, our next podcast will be me having watched every episode of Elementary and you only knowing about it from nowhere. This is not just because I'm Asian, so I'm saying this, but uh, I also really like Kim's Convenience. Mm. I've watched like one episode of it, but I don't think I continued. It's the only sitcom that I've watched that I find bearable. Every other sitcom, I fucking abhor. Like, even The Good Place, which allegedly is very good, I watched one uh, episode and I was like, this shit sucks, bro. Like, I'm not, I'm not that I'm kind of person. I'm neutral on The Good Place. It has some good, like, lines and some good twists, but yeah, it's not, like, particularly engaging. Sorry, Okay, since women. we're already in deep in this tangent, um, yeah. what is your best TV show? Um, I'd say from a writing standpoint, I'd say that Bojack Horseman and Fleabag are the two shows that I think are the most You're so basic. that I've seen. <laughs> I know, I know, but they're good! Fleabag is very good, I must admit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but I, yeah, I feel like those are what I go with, like, in terms of just, like, shows that I think are very good from a writing standpoint. Um... I think elementary may be a personal favorite, but also, like, I understand that it's actually quite boring. Yeah. I The thing with me is, obviously, the fact that I like Supernatural. I like spending time with characters. Like, for me, it's the duration of the time I've spent with them that matters more than the quality of the show. Yeah. Yeah. 15 years can do anything to you. Yeah, now that we've lost literally every single person listening, uh, um, I think we should say goodbye. Yeah.
That's it for this episode of Bus Station Beauties. Next time, we will be talking about Season 1, Episode 19, Provenance. Leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at twitter.com slash beautiespodcast and on Tumblr at bustyasianbeautiespod.tumblr.com. Our official tag is babpod, B-A-B-pod. And thank you to everyone who's donated to our Kofi at co-fee.com slash bustyasianbeautiespod. You can email us any feedback, comments, or inquiries at bustyasianbeautiespod at gmail.com. See you guys next time. Bye! Bye! Bye.